of the Lunch Break Podcast, and I have a special guest, uh, Colin Mitchell. He's from the Los Angeles, California area, and he's a tech entrepreneur. How are you doing today, Colin? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to dig in and, and chop it up with you. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, what I appreciate about you is that you and I both are into podcasting. Um, how, did you, how did you get into podcasting? Yeah, it's an interesting story. So I know I told you a little bit, but uh, the short version is is I was invited uh, as a guest to go on a podcast uh, for some with a friend of mine, um, and went on his podcast. And it was kind of the first time that I really shared a little bit more of my personal story in a business professional setting. Um, and I think we talked mainly about work life balance and things like that. Being a father of three and and being a part of multiple businesses. And I had such a good experience and I'd seen more people and more entrepreneurs, more founders starting a podcast. It was really right. natural for me to just ask him like, Hey, how do you start a podcast? And, you know, he started to kind of tell me about it. And I'm like, you know, I think I could maybe do two episodes a month. That's about it. <laughs> like, and he's like, dude, just interview the people you want to talk to and I'll handle the rest. Um, and I was like, all right, let's do it. And, you know, I planned on doing maybe two a month. And then somebody came across and said, dude, you've got to do 20 episodes and release them daily uh, if you want want to pick up a lot of followers. And, you know, I'm a new podcaster. I didn't know any better. So I'm like, okay, I guess we got to do 20 episodes really fast. Right. I I can cherry pick 20 people from LinkedIn and, you know, then do my two a week that I'm comfortable with. Um, I don't know that doing 20 and releasing them daily helped us at all. I have no idea, Uh, but I did it anyway. And what it did is it really helped me figure out a good process to make podcasting become more of a regular business activity rather than just something on the side or occasionally. Um, And I just fell in love with it. I mean, I got to meet some amazing people, learn more about them, meet, you know, make some really deep, meaningful connections um, and start to build a community and then out of that, we just created such a efficient process from, you know, hit, from recruiting guests to hitting record to editing and building, you know, uh, a network and monetizing through podcasts um, awesome. that we said, we got to get this to more people. And so we yeah. started a company together called SalesCast. Nice, nice. You know, just to show you with you a little bit about my journey, because I'm, I'm brand new to podcasting. It's been like four months. So actually, I was a guest on the Lunch Break podcast uh, twice. Okay. Once, like two, two and a half years ago, and then like maybe a year ago, or maybe nine months ago, or something like that. However, something like that. And um, you know, me and me and James Baldwin kept in touch. Like it's not, it wasn't just you know how it is. Like you do an interview podcast, and then you're like, yo, they they cool, and you just keep in touch or whatever. So. Right. Then, you know, I, you know, we, I end up doing social media for, um, the, you know, we were just kicking it one day and then it's like, Oh, 
like it just made sense for me to do social media for him. So I'm doing social media. Then we had a strategy session, and during a strategy session, it just he's like, "Hey, how about you be? You should be the co-host." He's like, you know, he's like, "I, I want to give you the key." He said, "I just want you to run with it." He said, "Season four, I want you to record all episodes by yourself, however you want to do it. Just run with it." Mm-hmm. And I, it, it took me off guard. I'm like, "You sure you don't want to give me any kind of thoughts right now?" He said, "No, no, no. I want you to run with it." Yeah. And uh, so that's how I got into podcasting. It was I was a guest. Did social media, then next thing you know, um, that's my journey. Um, what would you say, because you've been doing it for like two, three years now? No, not even, man. I started in March. I started March. Okay. in March, and I've interviewed over 130 people. Wow, 130 uh, since March. That's, 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 that's amazing, man. Like, that's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What would you say, what would you say, what do you enjoy most about podcasting? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I first got started, it was really like kind of the more common thoughts. Like, oh, I just want to build my brand and then create some great content for social media, right? Without having to always think about what am I going to post today. Um, and then it became so much more than that. Like there's such a huge transformation both personally and professionally through podcasting. Like you really become a better listener, Right. When you're when you're when you're interviewing people, you really got to pay attention and and bring your mind back to active listening, which helps you in your personal and professional life when you're podcasting or when you're not podcasting. Right. Um, But the biggest takeaway for me has just been the amazing relationships that I wouldn't have um, otherwise. So a lot of the people that I've interviewed with, you know, we, we have really strong relationships because we know each other on a pretty deep level. Um, You know, we keep adding value to those people. We've built a bit, a bit of a community, um, you know, and, and things like that. And I have friends all over now where if I go wherever they live, you know, they, I think they want to have lunch with me or dinner. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's, it's the relationships and, you know, I'm a big believer that in business, you know, your, your, your net worth is your network. So it's, yeah. it just helps you build an, a, an amazing network. Yeah. Um, I liked how you said active listening. It helps you to be a better active listener. I think that's a good uh, takeaway for listeners to take into. So if someone is a podcaster, active listening to their guests, and then just in life in general, like whether it's Mm. personal or professional, are we active listening? So I like that. I would say similar to you, I, I, I do enjoy the community aspect of um, podcasting because let's say, you know, I'm interviewing you right now, but then at the end of the month, we have like a, you know, relationship building thing. So it's bigger than just, oh, I'm building my brand. That's part of it, a small part of it, but I love building relationships. And also I'm a very creative person. I don't know about you, but I get bored easily. But with podcasting, it's so much fun. It's so versatile. Like, there's just so many different components. Um, so I would say it taps into my creativity. And then, um, you know, it helps me, like, build relationships in that, in that community. Uh, so oh, I'm, sim- I'm similar to you, man. 100% too. And when you really get, you know, I'm, uh, I have a mindfulness practice. So I meditate, you know, I've been meditating for over 10 years. And... Um, 
I, you know, listening was something that was hard for me in the beginning, really active listening. And uh, my co-founder of SalesCast, Chris, he said, dude, it's just like meditation. You know, when you're meditating and you get distracted, you go back to your breath, you know. And when you're first starting out podcasting, a lot of times you're thinking about the next, you know, you're listening, but you're thinking about the next question that you want to ask. You got to yeah. shut that thing up and just go back to listening. Because if you don't, you miss so many good opportunities to go deeper and ask good questions. Because a lot of times when you ask people, and some people are guarded, and that's just the way they're gonna be, but if you're really mm. listening good, you can yeah. ask deeper questions or ask them questions that maybe they're not prepared for to go deeper. Um, yeah. And you learn things that you wouldn't uh, wouldn't have otherwise, or you get them to open up in a way that they never have before, which is pretty magical. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, meditation is something I do too. Um, and you said you've been doing it for 10 years? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Um, one of the things you and I have in common, I don't know if you find it meditative, but running. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like this morning I ran 400 meters and it was just so, um, it was such a release, you know? Yeah. Um, so meditation, so... Does run, how does running help you in that meditation space? So, you know, many, running, you know, there's, there's a couple different things. Like you could be mindful in anything that you're doing. You could mindfully eat, right? If you're really paying attention and being present, anything you do, you can apply mindfulness to. If you're <clears throat> being present, you're being aware of what you're doing and you have an intention that you've set, right? That's yeah. mindfulness in a nutshell. Um, so mindfulness is not just like sitting there and being Zen and it's changed for me over the years. You know, I used to think that I had to sit for 30 plus minutes in the morning and that was what I needed to do. Uh, yeah. you know, but now it's changed where I actually meditate for a shorter period of time, multiple times throughout the day. And that's much mm. more sustainable, but I also try to be mindful in the other things that I'm doing, whether it's walking or running or eating or even parenting. I mean, there's so many things that you can just be more present what you're doing. You know, if you feel frustrated, irritated, annoyed, just take a breath, give yourself that space before you react. Yeah. yeah. You know, similar to you, I take those like throughout the day, you know, it could be three, four, five, sometimes six times a day, but a short period of time where there's five to 15 minutes. So you, you and I have that in common. Um, do you think, social media disrupts mindfulness? I mean, anything that's a distraction, yes, right? But okay. you can be mindful, you can be mindful about using social media, right? Like, right. what's your intention? Are you being fully present or are you just checking out and scrolling? Like, what is your intention? What are you doing? Is it helpful? Is it useful to whatever goals you're trying to accomplish, right? I mean, I pretty much, you know, I use LinkedIn, throughout the day, many times a day, but I actually have my LinkedIn activity scheduled in my calendar for the most part. So I'm not just mindlessly scrolling, okay? I, you know, I have some time in the morning where it's posting, I have some time in the evening where it's commenting and interacting, and then I might have some time in the afternoon where I'm doing other things as well, engaging with relationships that I'm trying to build. So, yeah. you know, being intentional about using social media, having a goal in mind, and then being mindful in using it. Um, so, yeah, I think that it can be a distraction if you don't have the proper, uh, if you don't have the proper intention set and you're just using it to check out, 
you know, people mindlessly use social media, people mindlessly eat. I'm definitely a, a component of that sometimes, you know, if I'm trying to check out or, you know, tap into some sort of level of comfort, I might just mindlessly eat while I'm sitting on the couch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point about mindlessly navigating LinkedIn, you know, because if you're not, like you said, if you don't have a goal, if you don't have your intentions, you don't have a purpose, you don't have a strategy, how are you going to really get the best out of it or in anything you're doing? Like if you're not right. present or in the moment, you're going to, you're going to admit you, there's things you're going to miss, you know, like a lot of times I'll read through, like if somebody, someone posts something, I might even read it twice or if they post a video, I might even watch the video twice just so I have something meaningful to comment, you know? Um, I don't just scroll through, like a bunch of things because I'm trying to build my brand. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. no, I'm going to intentionally um, look for something of value. You oh, know? Yeah. I, I think you, you, you probably have a similar strategy, right? Yeah. So, you know, even it's even it's even uh, deeper than that. So I've even gone as far as creating myself a Google sheet. You know, I'm, I'm a part of several different businesses. So there's several different relationships that I'm trying to add value to or be top of mind with. And okay. the LinkedIn algorithm doesn't make it easy. Um, and who's got time to just kind of scroll and see like, oh, there's somebody that I want to engage with. There's somebody that I want to read their content. So it's as simple as having a Google sheet, having the different people that you're trying to add value to or build a relationship with and stay top of mind of and literally just clicking on their activity links, seeing what they're doing, checking them out adding some value, adding your thoughts to some of the things that they're putting out there and really just having a close group of people that you're trying to constantly engage with or build relationships, that that's your activity on social media. That's, you know, honestly, I probably can learn from you from that area because um, I don't do that, mm. you know, and that's, I use the word when I, when you said that, I thought of precision, you know, it's very, that's very precise. So, uh, Thank you for, for giving me that, giving, giving me that nugget. Um, a question for you too, like LinkedIn has that recommendation feature, right? Mm -hmm. and, and people can leave recommendations and things. And you've, you've gotten a lot of recommendations um, since March during the, during the pandemic, which I think is pretty impressive. Uh, what do you think is the value of recommendations? I know some people probably don't put any effort in trying to get recommendations. So why are they valuable in your opinion, if they're valuable? Yeah. So uh, full disclosure, I don't put any effort into getting them. Okay. <laughs> but I've happened to get some and, 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 and more recently, and it really comes with adding value to, you know, are you giving to the platform or are you taking from the platform? So I have... You know, I, I really have shifted my strategy on LinkedIn, um, I'd say probably in the last year or so. I used to be more of a lurker and scroll through the feeds and not really add a lot and just try to take from the platform. And that really changed when I tried to like add value. You know, what things do I have that I can contribute or teach others or show others? And really with that mindset, and then I took it deeper and it's like, I have quite a lot of connections but I didn't have a lot of really meaningful relationships with a majority of those connections. So now I'm a little bit more thoughtful about who I connect with or who I accept. And then I actually take the conversation offline pretty quickly. Um, and it's something that's really hard to do because as a busy you know, entrepreneur, we've got our days and our calendars filled with things. But if you're gonna build a, if you're gonna use a networking platform 
then, you know, don't just connect with people and leave it there or send them a DM and say you're interested in learning more about them, but not really take any action. So what I've been doing is something that I, I learned from, from somebody else that I respect is that we set up these virtual coffees and it's 15 minutes. It's 15 minutes. There's no agenda. I'm not trying to sell you anything. You're not trying to sell me anything. We hop on a Zoom call, chat for 15 minutes. I learn about you. You learn about me. And sometimes we end up doing business together. Or sometimes I leave them. I try to always leave them with something of value. I try to always ask how I can help them. And uh, people really appreciate that. And those are the type of people that refer people to you, give you recommendations, engage with your content. You know, so that's kind of been part of my strategy. Yeah, actually, you and I have that in common. Um, I like how you called it virtual coffee. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great analogy. I'm still that analogy. But yeah, like a lot of times, you know, when I connect with people, I do try to take it offline. Whether mm -hmm. it's a 15 minute phone call, 15 minute Zoom call. I mean, sometimes it ends up being 20 minutes. Um, and I've built so many good relationships that way over the last few years by doing that. Um, and like you said, it's not to sell them anything. It's not for them to sell me anything. It's just building that relationship because it's like, sure, you can comment. Sure, you can message. And you it's cool. You can you leave audio messages too. But there's something about a phone call or a Zoom call that adds that, like, that yeah. adds that. Now, what if some people are skeptical? Like, I think some people may be skeptical, though. Like, let's say... Because some people have offered me, like, hey, I want to get on the phone with you for 15 minutes. I yeah. personally am open to it. Like, yeah, let's do it. They might yeah. send me their calendar link, you know, get on the calendar. Yeah. But what, what, what would you say to some people who maybe they're, they don't want to, they don't, they may be skeptical of engaging offline with people? Yeah, there's definitely people that are skeptic, right? So, like, I mean, and it's tough because a lot of people are using automation. So a lot of people are reaching out to you. They don't really, they've never, it's not like they really handpicked you and they want to reach out to you. They're just, you're in a group, you're in a list, you're in a sales nav list that they created. So you hit them with something like that and they're kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. So they just do nothing, right? So those people are going to weed themselves out, right? Because when you throw that at them, they're just not going to reply. <laughs> um, right. But then when you ask people that, you know, you can set the expectation properly, right? So I say, hey, are you open to hopping on a 15-minute, you know, virtual coffee so we can get acquainted? That's it, you know. And that typically sets the tone for like, hey, we're just calling to talk to get to know each other. If we end up doing business together, cool. If I can leave you with something of value or help you in some way, I'm happy to do so. Yeah, yeah, I like that. All right, so here's the time. Here's the, the special moment. The question I ask everyone, uh, business is personal. Mm. You know, that's the theme for, for season four. Business is personal. What does that mean to you? Yeah, so like on a broad level, right, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, right? People used to get a little irritated when you share personal stuff on LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn is my platform of choice. Um, and people, you, you see a lot of that like, hey, this isn't Facebook. But business <laughs> is business is personal right? Everybody's trying to build their personal brand, right? For business. Um, but a lot of people get mixed up with that. They think it's this persona that they need to create. And it's not, it's exactly who you are and sharing it in a business setting, show up who you are as your authentic self. And that's how you become more relatable, uh, to people in business, you know, but business has changed my life personally 
in, in, in such a way that I could never imagine. You know, I, I told you a little bit about this before we hopped on here, but I grew up dirt poor. Like literally, you know, I was raised by a single mom um, with three brothers and we grew up on food stamps and government cheese. I didn't go to college. Somebody gave me a shot in sales and I worked my ass off to, to work my way up. And now I'm a part of four different companies and it's given me a life personally that I could have never dreamed of. You know, I have an amazing wife and three kids and everything that I do professionally helps me have the life personally that I have today. Yeah. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. Uh, similar to you, I, I grew up, I didn't grow up poor throughout my entire childhood because the first, because my, my stepdad went to prison when I was 12. Mm. When he went to prison, we were poor for those four years. Mm. You know, I went from, you know, you know, we had two cars, the nice house, et cetera. And then like, now we're, you know, my sisters all have to share a bedroom, mm. you know, um, going from having, you know, the latest and greatest to, oh, I got to share shoes with my mom because now I'm, her and I wear the same shoe size, you know, and she wore Nikes and, you know, I didn't really get brand new, brand new clothes, you know? Mm. So how do you feel like, you know, you and I grew up that way. And I, I have a, I'm not going to say I have a chip on my shoulder. I don't feel that way, but I, I know I have more of an edge. Like, Oh yeah. I, I want to hustle. I want to grind. Like you think growing up the way we did plays a role in it. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like as much as there's things about my childhood that I wouldn't wish that any kid had to deal with similar to yourself. My real father was in and out of prison uh, my whole childhood, frankly, maybe in prison right now. I really don't know. Um, and wow. then my, my stepdad also went to prison. He's cleaned up his life since then. And uh, I have a great relationship with him. Um, but we grew up with nothing, right? So, and we had to find ways to be creative. Like, you know, I had to have little hustles to be able to have shoes to play sports, you know, as mm. a kid. I had to think of, you know, ways to earn money because we didn't have enough to get by. Um, and, you know, a lot of that gives you that grit, gives you that, you know, and, and that's something that you have to go through. You know, you can foster grit, but there's got to be like, you know, some of the things that I've been through as a kid or just in my life, when you come with its challenges in business, it's like, man, that's easy. I could get through that. Right. So there's yeah. really. Like, there's nothing that scares me. Like, the worst possible scenario in business, I know I can get through based on the things that I've been through as a kid and just growing up. Wow. That's powerful because there's a lot of people that are afraid, you know, whether some people are just afraid to start a business, period. You know, they may live in that fear or they're in business, they're an entrepreneur, um, or they can even be a VP, you know, um, for those who are not entrepreneurs and they may feel like, man, I, I don't know what I'm going to do or that resiliency, right. They may feel like, yeah. I, I just want to quit, Oh, you yeah. know? Um, so you being an entrepreneur, like resiliency, cause you said like, there's not much you afraid of. And that's a good place to be because you're willing to do what it takes and you're able to like 
bounce back from whatever happens. But everybody's not like that, right? Like some people no. may struggle with that with that resiliency. So how could someone? How does resiliency come in, come into play? Through practice, you know. Like, for I'll give you an example. You know, my first business that I started eight years ago. Um, which became a very successful business. We grew it to five million in two years. Um, that business, uh, that industry was changing, and we had to try to diversify what we were doing. So we tried these different things, and four out of the five things that we tried failed. But we just kept going because of that resiliency, because of that grit. You know, we didn't give up. Um, and eventually, we found success in the fifth thing that we tried, which started a whole nother business which is one of my main revenue sources today, you know, and through that experience and that resilience of not quitting, um, you know, uh, I don't want this to happen, obviously, but if I lost everything tomorrow, there's no doubt in my mind that I couldn't rebuild something and have the same life that I have today. That reminds me of something um, Dan Locke says. I think he said it's called financial confidence. He said, when you get to a point where you can lose everything, and have the confidence to say, okay, I could rebuild this. He says, financial confidence. He said, there's a lot of people that say, oh, financial freedom, financial freedom. He said, financial freedom can, he said, you can have financial freedom for a day, mm -hmm. a week, a month. He said, you, and, and I think he's like a millionaire or something like that. But he said, <laughs> things come and go. He said, but things, he said, but those riches come and go, you know? But he said, you gotta have the confidence to, to uh, to rebuild that. Um, and it sounds like that's, that's where you're at or where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I, I truly well, believe that. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show, man. This was, this was phenomenal. Um, what I usually do at the end is do a 60 second recap. Um, some of the key things that stood out to me was active listening, right? You and I both are in podcasting and if, people out there have a podcast, active listening is key. And even beyond podcasting in our personal professional life, active listening could, could enhance relationships. And then you and I have something in common where we both do virtual coffees. Yeah. <laughs> and there's people on LinkedIn, um, do virtual coffees, you know, hop offline, get on the phone call, get on a Zoom call, build those relationships and see where it goes from there. And lastly, we talked about resiliency. You know, resiliency is very key um, in the business setting, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, because you just don't know what's gonna happen. And it's like, there's so many times where you might have companies pivot, mm -hmm. you know, no one saw the pandemic come in, and then, you know, every, everyone's had to pivot, you know? And resiliency is so important right now, and it's, in, it's just important in general. So thank you, uh, thank you, Colin, for, for being on today. No, oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Lunch and Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to share their stories on their lunch breaks. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a rating, share on social media, and make sure you come back for more episodes on Season 4 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where business is personal.